Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Universe Podcast. My name is Leo. My co-host today is Livia. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Livia. <laughs> and our guest today is the winner of the Universe, <laughs> the first Universe Poetry Slam, Nana. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Great. <laughs> awesome. All right. Livia, would you like to start the question around? Yes, um, I, I'd be very happy to. Wow, that was a quick intro. I usually thought it takes Super. longer. <laughs> I had a double espresso before. I had some black tea now. So. <laughs> I'm 100% caffeinated. <laughs> right, that explains everything. Um, okay, right. So um, thanks for making time for us, Nana. That's uh, <laughs> that's our pleasure. Um, so um, a few months back in June when it still wasn't that chilly and people were still out and actually attended events. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we hosted a poetry slam, um, the universe's first ever poetry slam, um, and you came first. Um, how? What were your feelings? How did you have... Uh, Perhaps we can go about chronologically. How did you find out about the Poetry Slam? Um, was it your first Poetry Slam ever to attend? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I actually found out about it because I had gone to the reading of the Pocket Universe. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so our, for everyone who doesn't know about the Pocket Universe, yeah. that's our second anthology, which we published in May. Yeah, and, and then um, I think you guys mentioned that you were having a slam at this mm -hmm. event and I had been wanting to do a slam for quite a few years and, and had been kind of like debating and trying to build up the courage and but it seemed like quite an inviting setting so I thought why not like just try it for my first time there. Oh, so it was your first time. Wow, that's even more impressive there. Um, yeah. And I think that was exactly what we were trying to do. We were... Um, because we also had never organized a poetry slam before, so we didn't know um, how to properly do that, though we were supported by Elif, who is a great poetry slammer. She helped us out, um, but um, still we we thought it might be slightly unprofessional, and therefore we um, also communicated that, you know, everyone, no matter how much experience people have, um, is welcome. And I'm glad that this message sort of... Um, sort of um, was understood by people that way so that yeah. it, it attracted people um, and that it attracted you. Um, I've just got one more mm -hmm. interjection and all my energy. I actually forgot to ask you to, to introduce yourself. Oh. So maybe if you could do that now, <laughs> sure. that would be great. Okay, sure. Um, so, so my name is Nana. Um, I'm a recent university graduate. And yeah, I... I love to write poetry and novels and everything. Yeah. That's so Was cool. That, yeah. I'm <laughs> quite amazed by people who can do both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I just um, hear, uh, understand correctly that you said novels? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, I don't think I've ever finished a novel mm -hmm. yet. Um, but when I was younger, that was always my hobby, um, to write novels. And poetry is actually something that came more recently, like right. when I was about 18, when I first mm -hmm. moved here to Vienna. And I think, like, because it was my first time in Europe and I was just having, like, all these new experiences and it just inspired me to start writing a lot of poetry. 
And yeah, so it's something newer. I, I guess that very well. Um, I with me it was actually very similar when I um I used to write short stories when I was quite young, um, mostly in German though because okay, um, my yeah. English was um yeah non-existent essentially. <laughs> um, and then when I uh, went to London for half a year um on exchange um because of all the new impressions I got there um I needed a new format in which I could sort of capture these um, impressions but also um, transform them in a way and mm. make them last and I think that was also the time for me when I um, started writing poetry so I understand very well how a change of setting can lead to a change in yeah for sure mm -hmm. yeah I, I remember like the first poem I wrote when I came here was called Toy Town and it was just talking about like how Vienna is just so like quaint and it almost <laughs> looks like not real <laughs> and how like organized everything is <laughs> so yeah that was like something new for sure yeah uh, uh, may I ask where did you live before you moved um, to so I actually Vienna? grew up mm -hmm. in Hong Kong Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. I um, my my parents mm -hmm. are from Ghana mm -hmm. um, and I was born in the US and mm -hmm. then I lived in Norway and then briefly also in Ghana and mm -hmm. then I ended up spending most of my life mm -hmm. in Hong Kong. This yeah. is very exciting. <laughs> I think yeah. you've traveled much further. Than it's so funny like that <laughs> of all those exciting and fascinating places, Vienna was the one that made you start <laughs> writing poetry. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I don't know, I guess like um, Ghana and Hong Kong are both places that are quite like chaotic in a way, like like not in a bad way necessarily, mm -hmm. but just very like exciting, like something going on all the time. And mm -hmm. so to just come to this place where there was suddenly so much stillness, mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I can definitely see that. Um, and I can, I think it probably also depends a lot on what you're sort of um, used to, what your usual surroundings are like, and then if they change. Yeah, exactly. Um, extremely, like, I was always used to, you know, calm countryside life and nothing happening, and then mm. Vienna was already, yeah, okay, some stuff <laughs> happening, but then London... <laughs> what the hell is happening here all the time? Everything is okay. so fast and big. And so it was the complete opposite for us. Exactly, then. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's probably about sort of the change um, and then more than about um, the direction of change, probably. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, it was also moving to Vienna when I, mm -hmm. not, not, I not immediately, but in the first couple of month, months after moving, moving to Vienna, I started writing poetry. So, oh, really? I don't know, moving and changes <laughs> of the like, scenes seem yeah. to be very mm -hmm. conductive. Very yeah, seems to be the trend. All <laughs> <laughs> um, right, sh shall we um, quickly return to the poetry and before we get oh, more yeah. into <laughs> that? <laughs> your writing and all that, which I'm yeah. very much looking forward to hearing more about. Um, but um, maybe it's just how my mind works, but I, I like things to be chronological <laughs> um so um but please also feel free to jump back and forth and um yeah uh, anything goes um so um the poetry slam in june how did you feel 
before performing, during performing, <laughs> and after performing. So I actually almost backed out because I was oh, so really? scared. <laughs> I get that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, like, Ooh. what am I doing? What have I gotten myself into? Can I really do it? Because for me, um, public speaking has always been like quite a big fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like growing up in school, whenever we had presentations or something, it just always felt like the end of the world. <laughs> um, I can relate. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, I, I realized that I had been kind of waiting for the fear to go away when um, actually you need to just feel the fear and do it anyway mm-hmm. um, because it will always be there. So I just kind of forced myself to do it. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I did. It was definitely like a moment I'll never forget. Um, yeah. That's so good to hear. <laughs> I think it's uh, you made an interesting point talking about um, fear and how we need to walk through fear in mm. order to get somewhere where we haven't been before. Um, would you say that this is something you also encounter in your writing when you write about things you're you're afraid of or you um, there's fear related connected to? Because sometimes I think we had once an episode about where we talked about. Um, um, write about what you're most afraid to write about mm-hmm. i think like we that. did yeah Tip to write what you writers. fear i think yeah. was the title mm. um yeah like, yeah mm-hmm. um I, i think that's never really been a problem for mm-hmm. me i think most of my poetry is like very like deep and personal mm-hmm. and maybe like feelings that you don't think about all the time but that are always within you um so I think that's kind of like what I use poetry for like to um express my fears Mm -hmm. so yeah and did the the fear you felt before the poetry slam did it also kind of give you energy to perform on stage and actually yeah I think it did in some way because I've I've always heard about this concept of how people are able to channel their nerves into them being able to perform and I never was able to do that but I think somehow in that moment um, when I performed at the slam that was one of the first times that I actually felt that and it was almost like an out-of-body experience yeah yeah, i I just felt like my body was like on on like autopilot Mm -hmm. and yeah that's so fantastic yeah (laughs) (laughs) makes me want to participate in a poetry slam too (laughs) next time next time (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm very very glad to hear that um how did you um because the poetry slam came in two rounds and you made it into the second round um how did you sort of perceive that situation and um, because um we also talked about uh, this last week uh with anna who came second who um said that uh so we talked a lot about the the setting of it being sort of like competitive but also us not really wanting as the universe not really wanting to support any competitive behavior pr- rather giving mm. everyone space to express themselves yeah are um, you generally a competitive person not at all actually <laughs> yeah I, i usually kind of take myself out of those types of environments mm-hmm. yeah it's just something that doesn't really come that naturally to me 
Um, but I think like the slam was a really great first experience because even though it was technically a competition, it didn't really feel like one. It just felt like everyone was friends and like there to support each mm-hmm. other. And, and the crowd was so great. So yeah, it was a really good setting. How did winning feel? Did you expect to win your first ever appearance? In a Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I, I barely made it onto the stage, so I definitely didn't expect to win. Um, but but I'm really glad. I think it was a really good thing for my confidence, like just the fact that I had been so scared to do that and then I did it and then even won. Like, I, I couldn't believe it at first. It was, yeah, just a really great moment. Yeah. I remember it being a very um, emotional moment as well for everyone in the room um, because your poetry is just so very, so very personal and so very um, genuine and heartfelt that I think everyone in the room could feel that. And I remember that situation was very, very touching on many levels um, and... that was very beautiful and I think that's something that's also um you know you can't anticipate as a host of such an event it it might be a a funny entertaining evening it might be a deep and thoughtful evening it might be a mix of everything Mm -hmm. and um yeah I think this was a very very beautiful mix I think so since we I so much uh, enjoyed your text and most of us um, enjoyed it very, very, very much. Um, I would like to share it with the bigger audience. Um, so would you mind reading it okay. today? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or performing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a printout here? Otherwise, I've got it on my screen. Um, yeah, okay, that would be good maybe. I mean, I think I have it in my head. But... You have it in your oh, head? <laughs> you know about how? Well, Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, because I had to memorize yeah. it for the slam. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Wait, did you? Was that a requirement for no, everybody to it, perform their their texts by heart? No, it was not no, a requirement. But I think um, this, at least from from the outside perspective, I think it allowed you, Nana, to um, to even be closer to the words because you mm. weren't distracted by reading or holding a sheet or so. Um, I think everyone actually, you know, chose to do it. Whatever way they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try doing it by heart or do you want to read it? Um, I can try to do it by heart. <laughs> okay, let's try that first. Yeah, if yeah. that is such a special thing. Yeah. It is very special. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is called Living for Two. Brother, I wonder what secrets you whispered to me in the womb. Whether you were the big or the little spoon, as we curled up together, two buds in bloom, awaiting the day we would finally feel the kiss of the sun. Brother, I wonder if I shed a tear too, as the doctor held our mother's hand and told her that her womb had become your tomb, your first home, your last. I am sorry that I could not save you, but I hope I was good company on your journey in and out. Brother, I think I must have absorbed you. That must be why my emotions all feel doubled, why my limbs are endless enough for two. So next time I feel worthless, next time I feel blue, I will remind myself I have a purpose, that I am not just living for myself, I am living for two. That was amazing. 
I can see why you, you won. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta gotta breathe a bit. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nana. You're welcome. Um, it's it's very noticeable from the way you perform it that this um, uh, th- these words are very true to you and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, would you perhaps like to talk a little bit about um, the, how the poem came about, um, the story behind it? Um, yeah, so I, I think, so So I was actually meant to be a twin, and then unfortunately the other twin didn't make it. And yeah, it, it when I was younger, it used to just be one of those stories that your parents tell you about like before you were born. I never really thought much of it. Until like one day I like when I was older, I really sat down and thought about it and I realized, whoa, that was quite like a a significant event and that it could have easily been me who was the twin that didn't survive, you know. Um, And then I just began to think more about it. And then I wrote this poem and and I was surprised that I actually felt kind of um, that I, I had a lot of emotions like attached to it. Um, even though I had always felt kind of neutral about the situation. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that was really great to be able to express. Yeah, so it, I think it was helpful to me to write that poem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's quite interesting, actually, right? That we sometimes don't think a situation has extreme emotional significance to us but then once we dig a little deeper once we find our own words and wrap them around a situation we see that whoa this is actually something that's that's quite um close to me though i i've up until now not really thought about it in that specific poetic way of thinking about it yeah it's maybe like a splinter that the skin has grown over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, that's a very beautiful comparison, yeah. How did it feel performing such a very personal piece on stage? Did people come off to, come up to you afterwards and um, wanted to talk about it? Did you feel like you wanted to talk about it? Yeah, I, I had quite a lot of friends who told me, whoa, like I, I never heard that. Like, how come I never knew that about you? It, but to me, I don't I don't really know what the right moment is to bring that up to someone, or I didn't really think it was, I don't know, the type of thing that you share. Um, but it, I don't, it's not really difficult for me to talk about. I think, in, in a way, it was more so my mother's loss. Like, she's the one who lost a child. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, I feel those emotions for her as well. But in a way, I think it's almost easier for me to perform because it's like slightly distant for me in a way. Um, but yeah, and I, I think I find it scarier to perform poems that are like really about me and like my emotions and like certain things that happened. Yeah. Have you performed a poem or read a poem out to your mum? Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. um, uh, she actually heard it like when I was practicing for the slam and she was really blown away. She said, whoa, because she n- had never really gotten the chance to deal with the situation. So I think um, the poem was almost kind of healing for her as well. Um, yeah, because she said she never really knew how to express the feelings that she had about mm-hmm. that situation. 
And so, yeah, I'm really glad that I was able to write that for her as well mm -hmm. as myself. Yeah. That's so great. That's yeah, that's a wonderful achievement if you manage to do emotional work for someone else without yeah, intending exactly. even in the first yeah. place. <laughs> I was wondering whether your twin brother, whether there was an, an absence in your family when you were growing up. Did you feel that? You said your parents oh. told you about it. Yeah, I don't think... Well, maybe my parents felt it, but I don't think it's something that we ever really discussed or I, I don't know, because my parents are from Ghana and in Ghanaian culture, there's not really this culture of like talking about certain deep emotions mm -hmm. all the time. So I think, yeah, it was something that wasn't really discussed that much. Um, but yeah, I'm sure they did feel a loss just um, expecting to have a son and a daughter and Like not having one of those, so yeah. And the way, um, yeah. So while your poem is very, um, it has a very sad um, tone to it because obviously it deals with um, death in in some way, and mm -hmm. um, but still it um, ends on a on a positive or empowering note. Mm. Um, I think that's what I appreciate a lot about it. That. Um, He seemed to draw energy from sort of knowing that, or also because it's a sort of like responsibility. I feel mm, like the way you yeah. frame it. Um, so you you live for two, and it's that does that create um, um, primarily strength for you, or also sometimes um, perhaps um, high expectations towards yourself. Or guilt, even. Mm -hmm. Oh, I never thought about it that way, actually. I don't really know how to answer this, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. That's not an um, answer to everything. Would you say it's primarily empowering? Um, or also um, sort of like knowing that... Um, so this idea of uh, living for two, does that also mean you tend to put pressure on yourself because you feel like there's... You know, a lot um, I, I should mm. be doing or a lot I should be... Um, um, I never yeah. thought about it that way, mm -hmm. but maybe now I will. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't think I see it as a pressure. Mm -hmm. I just think I see it as a way to kind of build myself mm -hmm. up when I'm down, kind of as mm -hmm. I mentioned in the poem, mm -hmm. like to just kind of remember, mm -hmm. like there's a life that's waiting to be lived, mm -hmm. like not just for myself, mm -hmm. but also for someone else who didn't mm -hmm. get a chance and who's yeah. kind of like within me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it's a, it's a very um it's also an act of uh, taking care of someone in a way like there's this um additional person sort of like in you and you um you're trying to live a good life because there's some um, an additional person you need to take care of. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's kind of like in the poem how I mentioned I wasn't able to save mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. It's like now in a way I'm mm -hmm. still living for him mm -hmm. somehow. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you think about that often? I, honestly, not really. Yeah, it's only when I come back to this poem is when I really think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not something that has ever been like on my mind a lot but it's something that when I think about it makes me very like introspective and 
yeah, just really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> that's also the, the beauty uh, of poems. Sometimes I um, feel free to disagree. Um, and, and in my opinion, sometimes um, poems are a bit like um, glass jars. Like you can pack something in, you can feed it some emotions and some... Um, an atmosphere or an impression or a picture or a second of a moment whatever and you and then you can close it and you can also put it somewhere on your shelf and then you know if you feel like it you can reopen it and yeah for sure That's yeah a picture. yeah i think um poetry is a great way to release things mm-hmm. and also like um find some kind of closure mm-hmm. on situations so i think that's definitely like what i did in this case yeah. Would you say that this poem is representative of your poetry in general? Hmm. And actually, I think most of my poetry is more about me, like, personally, rather than um, stories about my family. Um, but, yeah, and I would say it's maybe, like, less intense than a lot of my other poems. I've heard that my poetry is quite intense and sometimes shocks people. Um, not... <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, it shocks people that it's intense because I think um, oh, I, I come off as quite calm. And mm-hmm. then when my friends read, like, these uh, deep, intense mm-hmm. emotions, they're like, whoa, like, I didn't know you were feeling yeah. that. Um, that that sounds very familiar. People also tell me like, um, your poetry is so melan- melancholic. Um, are you yeah, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had so many friends be like, are you okay? Do you need someone to talk to? Um, but perhaps that's it, precisely the reason why. Um, um, that so talking about such deep and heavy and intense emotions and um sort of creating a space in which uh, they can exist allows one to in the everyday then be more stable perhaps yeah um, exactly because you've got a separate space a separate sphere for them yeah and obviously it's never entirely separate but at least um there's there's a place to put them and you don't carry them around all the time and um, yeah exactly we need some sort of outlet for Mm -hmm. these deep emotions that we don't share every Mm -hmm. day and I think poetry is definitely something we should use to talk about things we don't talk about enough mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in real life. So, um, yeah. What would that be, for example? What do we not talk enough about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a lot of things. Um, well, like, for example, like mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite a lot of poems like talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like maybe feelings and relationships or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. or yeah I don't know just topics that we see as kind of taboo um but that should actually not be taboo and yeah that we should be able to talk Mm -hmm. about yeah and how do you you say you sometimes share your poetry with friends is that something you do regularly as like an I don't know, like a, an impetus, a starting point for talking about things, or do oh. you vlog or anything. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll do that next <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> to, to vlog? 
maybe you publish your poems oh right yeah um so i actually have a poetry blog and like a poetry instagram page and my friends usually just end up finding it by themselves (laughs) like i'm not really one to promote my um poetry to my friends that much um i don't know i guess just because it feels so intimate and sometimes it can be kind of scary to like share that. And sometimes it can almost feel easier to share those feelings with strangers mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. the people close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so I I do sometimes um, sh- share my blog with my friends and um, yeah. What was the question again? I'm sorry. Whether you use that kind of as a starting point to, to talk about things oh, with your friends. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great, actually, because a lot of the times when my friends um, find my blog, they'll like bring up certain poems and then we'll start talking more about these things that um, we don't talk enough about in the world. So I think it can actually be a really good point of connection. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's so cool that poetry can become the tool to... Um, trigger a conversation that you otherwise perhaps wouldn't have had mm. yeah exactly yeah uh, yeah but i can i can very well relate um it's it's also interesting like my i also have a blog and most or many of my friends don't know about it i mean the universe knows about it because you know everyone shares their social media uh contacts and so on but um and then um, a few months back when my dad said, hey, your latest poem on the blog was really nice. I was like, oh, no. You know about my blog. That, that is my biggest fear. Like, my parents <laughs> reading my poetry. So I hope your parents aren't yeah. listening to the podcast. <laughs> they should because it's really, yeah, really nice. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like actually... Um, working on my first poetry book right now, like very beginning oh, stages. And I keep thinking to myself, like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, like, like, am I just going to hide it from my parents or what? <laughs> I mean, I'll probably share it with them in the end, but mm-hmm. it's just a scary thought. Mm-hmm. I get um, that. Them reading certain poems. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. think um, that that's always sort of reminds me of Rupi Kaur, um, yeah. who, um, whose poetry is sometimes very. Um, just so intimate that you feel almost uncomfortable reading that that you get such a deep and personal insight into um her everyday life I think most um most prominently in sort of um poems where she deals with sexuality and Mm, so on exactly and then um I always keep wondering um so oh, I've never stopped wondering how how did she feel when she first published that when she put it out there and then her parents her friends her grandma her teacher yeah. um, her professor at uni I don't know um, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned her actually mm-hmm. because um, she's the one who inspired me to like start my mm-hmm. blog mm-hmm. I actually um, when I was on exchange mm-hmm. um, in the US I went mm-hmm. to a poetry reading of hers and it, it was right before she blew up so it was in a tiny little bookstore oh, and and she actually mentioned this, mm-hmm. like how um, she still feels so embarrassed, like for her parents to read, <laughs> <laughs> like some of her poems that are dealing with sex and this mm-hmm. type of thing. But she says, at the end of the day, that's just kind of part of it, and mm-hmm. her parents support her. But but yeah, she was actually um, the person who really pushed me to want to start sharing my poetry. And after I saw her perform, I really realized that poetry should be shared and that I wanted to perform my poetry one day. I think especially 
um, hearing it from someone who I kind of saw myself in mm -hmm. because m most of my favorite poets growing up were like Sylvia Plath or like mm -hmm. other dead people. <laughs> so to see like a young like um, mm -hmm. girl of an immigrant background, mm -hmm. it yeah, like really inspired me to do that. <laughs> I, I can I can see that for sure. I think um especially um it's I find it very um enjoyable that over the past few years um lots of um young especially women I think have um sort of rediscovered the um, the formats um or the genre of poetry to express themselves um um I mean perhaps, you know, poetry never really got lost but um it's um it growing up you read poetry of people who are dead and then at some point and poetry also to many people isn't really a cool thing right it's, yeah <laughs> it's more like um something that sort of like rhymes and has some mm. sort of like a scheme to it and then you find it oh no it doesn't have to rhyme it doesn't have to yeah have any scheme and it doesn't have to follow any rules it's just Yeah, and yeah. I think this whole, like, Instagram poetry thing mm -hmm. has been yeah. maybe kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah, but I think that is the positive aspect of it, that mm -hmm. it's shown us that poetry doesn't have to be this one thing mm -hmm. that we thought it was for so long. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And how are you going about compiling the old poetry book? Um, oh, well, right now it's the very, very early stages, like just me and my Word document. Um, <laughs> but but I do kind of like have a concept for already. I mentioned to you guys about like my life story. So um, I think it's going to be called Homesick. And it's kind of just exploring this whole concept of like home and trying to navigate that concept mm -hmm. of like what is home when you don't really feel like you belong to any one place. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm um, excited. That um, sounds very, very um, interesting and very um, um, topical um, to me because um, home seems to be a concept that's sort of constantly being renegotiated and it's unclear whether it's place-bound or um, influenced primarily by the people you're surrounded with or whether it's... Um, generally a feeling that you can create through um yeah yeah whether you can carry it within you or whether it's the outside circumstances um actually um i think the english department offered um um a class on that um two years ago mm -hmm. a seminar which i attended um and it just focused on different concepts of home and in literature um and mm -hmm. have you perhaps read um um, homebound by Yagyas. Oh no, but I actually do want to. Oh, she's she's should. actually from Ghana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's such a. It's probably it's one of my favorite books. Yeah, you, okay. You should go for it because it's also very beautiful in language and it shows how one tiny decision made by someone usually not you, who's usually not yourself, um, influences lives over generations and right. you know that yeah. it all starts out with um two sisters one of them um becoming a slave and one of them becoming married to um some some 
men in the army who's um you know colonizing ghana mm. or something like that so um it, and then you see how over time um this tiny decision or this stroke of luck or mm-hmm. the lack thereof um influences people over yeah. generations wow that's really interesting mm. yeah yeah i'd love to read that <laughs> i think you, you yeah and i actually have it at home so i'll have oh. to <laughs> yeah give it a read mm. <laughs> how do you feel going back to your old poems um d- to my old poems yeah when you're compiling them for your book that's a good question because sometimes i feel like sometimes it's kind of a struggle to read some of the really like negative or dark ones because sometimes when you've already like finished going through something you don't really want to go back into that and go back into that headspace Mm -hmm. like when you're feeling good so sometimes it can be a, a bit depressing but at the same time I think it's very important to always acknowledge like the light and the dark in life so yeah I just kind of see it as as a fact in life of life like this is something that I went through and I want to share my story um but yeah it can be kind of difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah do you have any sort of goal in mind or any um aim for your um poetry book um because um so something like um yeah you know what what is what are you trying to do through it perhaps um or is it um a focus on the poetry itself um you mainly wanting to put it out there and see what develops from there um um and i think i hmm and i think my main goal of doing it is to kind of just share my story as i mentioned and as a form of expression and I guess also to to connect with other people because I think the response that you get when you really um, share very raw art is like very, um, like it's just a great feeling when people Mm -hmm. connect to that and come and talk to you about it. So yeah, I think my main goal is to connect and to share and to express, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, especially in in societies that... um, Become increasingly individualized. It's it's um, a very beautiful endeavor to try and reconnect through being very um, vulnerable and showing oneself and putting oneself out there. And I think that can inspire other people to show their true selves. And so yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Something I I would also be very interested in. Generally, I think that's or there might be a difference between texts written for an audience and to be performed and texts written for yourself mm. primarily. Um, but uh, ever since you performed your poetry at our slam, I started questioning that assumption of mine because it seems that your poetry is very personal and I would, you know, if I just read it, I would put it into the category of I wrote this for myself, this is to be read and this is very personal, but then you performed it in such a um, touching way that um, I'm no longer sure whether there's actually a boundary between performable and non-performable texts. Um, yeah. Well, and I think I, I I do always 
write my poetry for, for myself first and foremost, and then kind of decide if I want to share it. Um, but, but I think there was a point where I got into the headspace of kind of always like writing with the idea that it was going to be posted on my blog. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I, I actually stopped posting on my blog for a while and just, um, forced myself to write poems that were just for me. And I, I think it is also important to do that, um, to make sure that you're not filtering yourself mm -hmm. and, yeah that's a fair point yeah because um if you're used to write for a specific audience or for a specific setting um it might um sort of preliminarily exclude um content or words you want to put out there because uh, it doesn't simply doesn't fit this setting or this framework um And I think that that it would be very sad. Um, I, I was also gonna ask. Um, um, so where sort of do you draw the line? What do you put out there on your blog, and what do you keep to yourself? Um, is that decision based on a feeling, or or on themes, perhaps, or on people mm. involved? Um, well, I. I think it's usually an after I read it over and then, and I realize, oh, like, like, this is good. I want to share it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, kind of that. But I think it can be tough sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'm still trying to figure out, actually. Would you like to share your blog with our audience? Um, yeah. So it's called njbpoems.tumblr.com. Um, and, Yeah. And you you said you also have an Instagram? <laughs> yeah, um so so my Instagram is also NJB Poems, but I'm more active on Tumblr because I don't know, I find Instagram quite stressful mm -hmm. um when it comes to poetry. I think it's like very saturated mm -hmm. um with a lot of Instagram poets and and I find the community on Tumblr like much more nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever make any negative experiences with um, people on Instagram oh, related I'm, to yeah. your poetry? I mean, not not mm. negative, mm -hmm. um, but I think with with Instagram, it's like the numbers. It, it's kind of easier to get caught up with the numbers on Instagram mm. somehow for me. Um, and and yeah, it, it came to a point where it, because I was like getting less likes, it was like affecting how I felt about my poetry. Mm. Or something, and yeah, I think that's not really healthy. Mm -hmm. So, but but yeah, obviously, like Instagram is quite important these days. So I'm still trying to figure out like how I can get a good balance between that. But I think I'm more drawn to posting like on my blog because I think that's where I have like more like loyal, mm -hmm. a, a more loyal fan base. Mm -hmm. I'm a so. fan too, by the way. I I, <laughs> I return on a regular basis. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I would be curious about one last thing, perhaps, yes, because uh, it just um, interests me so much how um, whether people have um, a regular writing routine or whether um, or do you write um, whenever you feel like it? Do you find yourself in the same setting? Do you write by hand or type it into your phone? Do you write mm. on your mind or on tissues? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's, it's always different, really. Like, um, sometimes I'll just be on the U-Bahn and mm -hmm. something will pop into my head and I'll just write it down on mm -hmm. my notes. Um, but I think when I'm, like, really properly writing, it has to be a very specific setting. Um, so I... I usually write on my laptop. I used to always write by hand, but I find that it's a lot easier to edit mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. a laptop. Um, and I always play like some calming music mm -hmm. and have some tea and just feel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think the environment is really important. Mm -hmm. Like it would be really difficult to write in a chaotic environment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just want to go home and write. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very therapeutic mm -hmm. process. So sure. do you also schedule time specifically for writing? Um, well, honestly, it's just whenever I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I try to schedule time, but it can be difficult um, when like real life stuff mm -hmm. comes in the way. Mm -hmm. So it's honestly just whenever I can. And then, yeah, it, it usually ends up that I don't have as much time for it. And it can be kind of frustrating sometimes mm -hmm. because um, maybe you'll find a moment to write, but then you're just not feeling inspired. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's difficult because inspiration and like when you actually have time don't always line up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, but I try my Very best. Very relatable, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It was very nice talking to you. Yes. Thank you so, so much, much for being here. Thank Thanks you. So <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? Nope. <laughs> uh, okay. All right then. This was episode 34 of the Universe podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more of us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review to tell us what you think and help other people find the podcast. And tell all your friends about it. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter. We're at PodUniverse. On Facebook? On Instagram? Where we are uni.verse underscore creative writing. Or on our email address podcast at universe.univ.org. This podcast was edited and hosted by Leonhard Engelmeier. The co-host was Livia Regen. Our guest on this episode was Nana Bodomo. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thanks for listening.